This episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast is sponsored by Sanborn's Boys. This new sports novel by Benji Mellers is available on Amazon. Order your copy of Sanborn's Boys today. The world today is quite a different place than it was a week ago when we recorded our last show. It feels feels way more than a week ago, of course. Uh, I think the first really big piece of news to break was Wednesday night when the, the NBA suspended their season and then everything else just kind of exploded, especially in terms of sports. All the professional sports leagues suspended or, or paused, as the NHL said, because of uh, COVID-19. And uh, the entire world, pretty much, is kind of on hold right now. Yeah, when it comes to the sports world, it seemed like, you know, all the, the major four, they were all just kind of waiting, or even more than the major four, just basically all the sports league uh, in North America, they're waiting for that first domino to fall. Uh, who would be that first league uh, to call to, to, to suspend the season, right? And, you know, we saw certain measures. We were talking about maybe hockey games that were happening without fans uh, and stuff like that. But uh, as soon as the, the really the big catalyst of this whole thing happening was, uh, you know, one NBA player, Rudy Gobert, the Utah Jazz, he tested positive. Uh, for COVID-19, right after, just minutes after that was announced, uh, the, the NBA announced this decision to uh, suspend the season uh, indefinitely. And, uh, and more relevant to us, the very next day, uh, the, the NHL announced that it would pause uh, the season for an undetermined amount of time. And uh, there will no, be no more hockey operations in terms of, you know, games, practices, uh, team meetings, all the like. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, that's where we're standing right now. We still have no idea how long this break is going gonna, is gonna to last. Yeah, uh, well, the playoffs continuing or the Stanley Cup getting awarded is, is pretty much up in the air right now. And, and the way I see it, I feel like, well, well if, if that doesn't end up happening, resuming the season, then that's probably the right thing to do, even if it is, of course, very disappointing. But if they do end up picking up the season again, in the, the next couple of weeks or a month from now or, or however the timeline is, I don't know. Um, I feel like there will be some suspicion from around that maybe they didn't wait long enough. Maybe some people will have the, the presumption that maybe the coast isn't quite clear yet if, it, if they end up coming back. Yeah, I think, I think any decision at this point regarding this disease, uh, if you're going back to work, if you're you know, bringing these players back together, uh, from now until June, I think it will be met with some skepticism. Uh, so I think that's it's probably wise for the league and for everybody uh, to follow the direction uh, and the instructions of the health healthcare uh, experts right now at this point. And uh, at this, yeah, so I trust the healthcare experts. And, and if and if these the health industry people they say it's safe to play, uh, I think that then you you can probably go. Uh, although I don't think we're nearly we're anywhere near that point in time. Uh, because, you know, it's really, it hasn't started to explode in the U.S. or in Canada at all whatsoever right now, uh, and they've already closed down uh, the the leagues. And if we look to, uh, you know, Europe, because we're basically right now, uh, we're, we're like, disease spread-wise, we're a couple weeks away from behind Europe. And so if you look at these countries like Italy and Spain, where it's really exploded, uh, you know, that kind of gives an indication of where we might be going in terms of numbers. And so uh, I think it's going to be a while before we can even uh, start asking these kinds of questions. Uh, but when we do, I think uh, the, all the leagues uh, really have to, you know, take into account and, and prioritize uh, the player's safety when it comes to this matter, uh, because, you know, it, it really is a serious disease c- considering how extremely easily this thing spreads. 
that's also one of the reasons why it's important to take these these seemingly drastic measures before it gets to the higher level like it is in those European countries. Because as some, somebody put it very well, uh, said that success in a situation like this would seem like an overreaction. Like the, the, the best case scenario is that well, everybody takes all the necessary precautions, uh, quarantines when necessary, the numbers go down and eventually... The, the virus disappears. I don't know if it could completely disappear, but, but that, that's kind of an outline of the best case scenario. And in that case, what would happen is a lot of people will feel like taking all those measures was an overreaction, uh, which is actually kind of, I feel like similar to uh, Y2K, which I actually, I wasn't, well, I wasn't around for, but I, I learned recently that there actually was a, a tremendous danger of like all the computers, all the systems, like electronic systems in the world, uh, shutting down and and everything falling apart. But it was due to to the work of of a lot of experts who who worked their asses off for months leading up to the new year that uh, that nothing that terrible happened. And so now we have this this uh, this notion that uh, everyone was freaking out for no reason. Everything was always going to be fine. I feel like it's kind of a similar situation. Yeah, absolutely. Looking back, you know, Y2K, uh, it's a kind of a subject of ridicule. You know, we're laughing. Ha ha, how could a bunch of computers, you know, end the world? And and that's the kind of reaction we want, right? In five years, uh, the probably the best case scenario is we look at COVID-19 situation and we go, ha ha, remember COVID-19? Uh, everybody overreacted in the North in North America. They need to shut down all the sports. Uh, and if, if that's the case, uh, that means these measures were effective. And so let's look at the, re- like the, these, the league reaction, especially with the NHL. How, how would you evaluate uh, how they reacted to this whole situation? I mean, first of all, I think I would, I would have to probably have a better knowledge of the disease itself to be able to make any sort of real judgment. But from, uh, from what I've been seeing around me, I think they, well, obviously did the, did the right thing by suspending the league and uh, considering it aligned with uh, the time frame that all the other sports basically stopped, that they did it at the at the right time too. You you see a lot of teams stepping up to pay the in arena employees uh, during this hiatus, which is uh, I'm sure most people would agree the the right thing to do. These are people who need money, and this virus is obviously out of their control. But uh, teams like I think so far Boston, Buffalo, Calgary, and Winnipeg who won't be paying the in-arena employees during this hi- hiatus are receiving lots and lots of criticism, and I would say deservedly so. Yeah, absolutely. Now, look, this crisis, obviously the world is shutting down at this point. You know, the economy, it sucks for the economy. Everybody's suffering. But you have to take a look at, you know, in terms of, you got, you got to take a look at the perspective, right? Uh, obviously, obviously, it sucks for these organizations that, you know, they're not getting the revenue, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But when you look at who's owning, who's who the money is going to, right? If these people are billionaires, right? They have all the money they could possibly spend in their entire lifetimes, right? It, it's hard, it's difficult to spend billions of dollars. Uh, and so, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, this loss really it's 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 nothing compared to the effect that it can, it will have. Uh, on these workers, right? These are people who live paycheck by paycheck. They, a lot of them are part-time workers. Uh, so maybe they have other different jobs. And when they don't have this kind of money, they can't pay their rent. They can't, you know, get their food uh, and all that. These are like, these are life and death situations here. Uh, and, 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 you know, the, the struggles of, you know, billionaires who lose 
uh, a few million dollars, is n who, but who still have a vast majority of their wealth is nothing in comparison. And so given that uh, comparison there, I think it's absolutely disgraceful uh, for, you know, teams uh, such as the Flames, such as, you know, the, the, the Sabres, the Jets, uh, that they refuse to play their employees. I mean, this is not, uh, this is beyond a business thing at this point. Uh, it's a human thing. And to not pay your employees, we get these people have tons of money, right? Uh, more than they could ever spend. And to think that they can't, they, they don't want to uh, pay these people, pay their, just so they, they can survive throughout this, the stretch of extreme duress on the entirety of society uh, is, is frankly disgraceful. Uh, it's disgusting. And, uh, yeah, shame on these freaking owners uh, who seem to have no empathy whatsoever for the people who are at the core running their organizations because without them, uh, God knows where the NHL would be right now. Yeah, uh, Brad Marchand with uh, the Bruins started uh, some, sort of, some sort of fundraiser to try and pay for uh, the in-arena employees' salaries during this hiatus. And, uh, well, he was receiving, you know, praise for that, which as he should. But the, the point is that technically uh, these people are Brad Marchand's co-workers. So he, the responsibility should not at all be his, as you pointed out, to pay their salaries. I think the Flames players started uh, something similar as well. But, uh, of course, they, they really shouldn't have to, to do that. The responsibility should fall on the billionaires who own the teams. Jeremy Jacobs for the Bruins, the Pagulas for the Sabres. Uh, it should fall on their shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. And massive praise uh, goes out to these players uh, who are helping out. As you said, they're they're technically their colleagues or their co-workers. Uh, but, you know, even though they are multimillionaires, these players, their wealth pales in comparison uh, to these owners. And, you know, paying these workers, I mean, it, it's really just a drop in the bucket for these owners. And so, really, I don't know what's the big holdup. Uh, it's just it looks selfish it looks greedy and because it is selfish and greedy uh, and so yeah big praise goes out to not only these hockey players but also uh you know zion williamson comes to you know comes to mind uh in the basketball world for the new orleans pelicans but you know as, as much praise as we give to these players which is well deserved uh as much you know criticism and shame should be put on to these owners that employ these players and these employees uh, who are unwilling to play to, to pay these people through this, you know, this great time of struggle, you know, because these people, they, they have no other source of income. Uh, what are they supposed to do? They can't pay their rent. They can't pay their food. Uh, and to say, you know, we're not going to pay you because of this disease. Frankly, it's, it's, it's outrageous. Yeah. Uh, we, we agree on all fronts there. Uh, so we should be looking at, uh, since we are a hockey podcast, the possibility of returning to the season at some point in the future and what that could possibly look like. Darren Dreger uh, proposed the idea that, well, since obviously the NHL will be pressed for time, that instead of finishing the regular season, uh, they do a, a play-in of sorts with the currently slated 7 through 10 seeds in the East and West, do uh, a best-of-three play-in, and then proceed with the playoffs as normal. So I think right now, uh, in the East, that would look something like something like Islanders versus Rangers and Hurricanes versus Blue Jackets to play into the playoffs. And in the West, I think maybe it was it was like uh, Vancouver versus Winnipeg and Nashville uh, versus Minnesota, something like that, as a possibility. Otherwise, if they do decide to finish the regular season, which I feel would be more likely, to have possibly a best of five series. 
instead of best of seven in the first uh, possibly two rounds, which would uh, be quite a, quite a novelty for the NHL. I think they used to play best of fives a very long time ago in the playoffs, like maybe in the in the nineteen fifties or before. Um, but obviously, it's been quite quite a long time. So I do we do hope, of course, that the NHL does manage to return and that it becomes safe to return. But if uh, if the season has to be canceled, then then the season has to be canceled. Yeah, I think at this point, uh, in terms of potential playoff scenarios, uh, it has to all do with when, uh, if if they do return, when they return, and so you know, and that determines how much time you have uh, to actually play, you know, as much hockey as you can. Because the fact of the matter is, the ice is going to be awful if you play in mid-July in Arizona. You're playing hockey there. Uh-uh, that's not a good idea at all. Uh, and so uh, we'll see when we come back. Uh, what I I would like to see the NHL come up with something. Uh, you know, creative and fun uh, after this this kind of shitty scenario. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I'm all here for that playoff hockey. Uh, if it's able to, to, to show up, um, you know, you present a number of scenarios, uh, whether a play-in tournament, we finish the regular season, and then a best of five. Uh, look, I'm as long as – if playoff hockey is able to come back, I am here for anything at this point. Uh, as long as it's, you know, it's nothing too NHL, too stupid of an idea – uh, that clearly disadvantages uh, certain teams. Look, if, if you give everybody a shot uh, that's currently in the playoff race right now, because it really is tight in both uh, in both conferences, uh, if you give all of these teams a shot uh, at making the playoffs, at a playoff run, uh, I think I think that's perfectly fair. Because uh, I mean, probably the worst case scenario is you you just start the playoffs as if it was any other year and you cut it off without playing any regular season games, uh, that would be extremely stupid. You know, we're talking about teams like, you know, that are just off the playoff, you know, that just barely miss it. Uh, they're like, they're going to be like, what the hell? So, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I've heard other ideas such as, you know, maybe even like a, a March Madness style of thing uh, where it's just like a tournament and you have, you know, even less than five if you're really pressed for time. Uh, maybe like a total goal series or something like that. Uh, you know, we could just have the total goal series, uh, like a couple of games, three games, and see who scores more goals. Uh, you know, look, there's there's a whole range of options. Uh, there are uh, infinite amount of possibilities in terms of, you know, like sports playoffs. And so, look, I'm just, yeah, I'm just here for any sort of playoffs uh, if and when they do come back. Uh, and uh, hopefully the NHL doesn't pull anything too stupid. I think I don't see any way the NHL goes for a total goal series. I think they would much rather do best of three all the way through the playoffs if they had to to avoid uh, to avoid doing a total goal series. I don't see I don't see how that would fly. But uh, one interesting thing to keep an eye on is that if they the playoffs do end up getting rescheduled into July, then all the uh, expiring contracts expire July first. So they would have to work out some sort of uh, agreement with the NHLPA that extends those contracts until the season is done. Other, otherwise, players on expiring deals will be playing with their teams deep into the playoffs in July on expiring on contracts that don't exist anymore. Not to mention that the draft, which is going to be in Montreal this season, will have to be postponed until after the regular season is over. If this is assuming that it is safe for the NHL to come back and they don't have to do the draft by conference call or something, which would be very, very disappointing because, of course, we were looking forward to hoping, hoping to find tickets for the draft. Yeah, but I think at this point, 
I don't know if the draft will happen. And I, I doubt it, actually, because it's just, I think, even when the league does resume, I think the league will search to minimize uh, unnecessary gatherings. Uh, I think the draft is one of them, unfortunately, because, as you know, you present the, uh, the option of having it as a conference call. And I think that's probably the most prudent at this point, because three months down the road, four months down the road, no matter how long it is from now until the end of the regular season, the playoffs, the draft, uh, this disease, it, it just it won't stop existing after three months. That's the most likely possibility at this point, because that's how diseases work. Obviously, we can reduce the number. The number can be minimized. Uh, but I don't think it's I think there will still be a risk associated with the disease uh, when the league ends up returning uh, to play. And so I, unfort- I I'm I'm quite upset about this whole thing. Right. And obviously, the draft is something I'd love to see happen in Montreal. As you mentioned, we're both very excited uh, to potentially watch the draft picks actually get drafted because it is Montreal. But uh, unfortunately, I think many of these things, many of these events uh, will have to take place through conference call. I know uh, if you're looking at other leagues, the NFL is right in the middle of their offseason right now. And they have, for example, their free agency period starts in three days. And the free agencies, the free agents, we won't see them go and visit the teams. Instead, they'll be going through conference call. And the NFL draft, which is in a month, they're, they're seriously looking at canceling the thing uh, and going through uh, a conference call process where that's how you see a draft. Uh, and instead of having the public event that they usually do, which this year would be taking place in Vegas. And so I think we, we look at that kind of thing. And I think we... In, in For the rest of this season, any events that happen with this league year, whether it be the free agency or the draft, even though it's it's quite a ways away at this point, I think we should expect that uh, they're going to try to minimize fan interaction just for, for the sake of everybody's safety. So I feel like if they do end up resuming the season and pack arenas for the playoffs, but then do the draft over conference call because they're taking precaution for the disease, then a lot of people would probably look at that and say that's that was irresponsible to start the season in the first place. Like what it's it's I don't know, if if it's not safe to to do the draft in person, then why was it safe to carry on with the season and watch games in person? Well personally I don't I doubt that they're gonna actually end up returning to a season with fans. I don't think that's that's the right okay, move at okay. this point, given how this disease will progress. Uh, I think if they do return to hockey, my first guess would that be they don't have any fans. They just play the game so we could watch it on TV and recover some sort of TV revenues, perhaps, for the networks. But I personally don't believe that the, when the season resumes, that we'll have fans. And so I think they'll, they'll keep the fans out. Uh, and that includes the, the playoff games, if we have any, uh, and any sort of off-season event. All right. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So that makes much more sense. But I, I still feel like because obviously players are interacting within the same spaces in locker rooms and also in their opponents' faces at all the times, traveling around the country to play games. So do you feel like if they do return, that there would have to be like very frequent testing on the players to make sure that they all remain in good health? Well, I think before the games start, I think everybody, should, the players that are involved, should be tested. And once they do come back negative, if they do, right, you keep, obviously, you keep away the players that test positive. Uh, but once all of those players are negative, it's it's just a matter of scale, right? Uh, if we're talking about, you know, organizations that are just players that are playing out there, we're talking about maybe 100 people mass, max 
uh, that are involved just in the game operation right there in terms of like direct contact and in terms of players, it's even less. It's about 50, right? And so that kind of scale, I think it's it's much different compared to you pack an arena, you have 20,000 people in an arena. I think just right now, for example, the recommendation is that you have uh, assemblies that are less than 250 people. That seems to be the number that that pops up a lot. And 50 hockey players fits quite a bit under that 250 person limit. And so if it is deemed safe to continue these things, I think that 50 people you present, even though they are in very close contact and proximity with each other on the ice, I think the risk that presents itself there is much smaller than what you would have if you had, you know, 20,000 people a night all over the all over the continent in different stadiums and arenas uh, packing in to, to watch these kind of games. Yeah. All right. So so now that we're we're clear about that, I think you wanted to talk a little bit about how the salary cap next season is very unlikely at this point to go up, especially not as high as those initial projections of eighty four to eighty eight and a half million dollars from just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we talked about those. I brought up those numbers, 84, 88. You, you, you were very skeptical about it, and rightly so, I believe, at this point. And so, yeah, I, because we know that the salary cap is tied to revenue. I mean, if we're missing the playoffs, even just this pause, as they like to say, in the regular season, is going to have massive revenue consequences, especially for the smaller teams who do rely on this, you know, ticket sales and stuff like that, I think will have a massive negative effect on the revenue that comes into the league. If we end up canceling the playoffs, at that point, you're talking about because the playoffs are the most profitable time of year for these teams. We're talking about huge financial losses for the for the teams. And so obviously, 84, 88 million, it's out the window at this point. And I wouldn't put out a question, given just the drastic drop in revenue that's certain to come, that we see even the cap drop uh, and go below a certain, go below 80 million. I think we could, you know, see it go down to 70 something million, be, just because it is so closely tied to revenue, and we are we are seeing a huge drop in revenue for these teams. And so you have to wonder, teams that are up against the cap, really tight, you know, your Edmontons or your Torontos and all that. Uh, you have to wonder what what kind of solution will be presented to them because I don't think we can go ahead and start next year with a $75 million cap and say, okay, deal with it with these teams. I think the league, I think the, I think because these cap teams are the richest teams, uh, they'll, they'll be lobbying to the league to give them some sort of escape route. Uh, and so what do you think of this whole situation and what we could be possibly seeing next year? Yeah, so the most likely... A scenario if the cap does go down that the league offers compliance buyouts to to every team it, it happened after the 2013 lockout when the cap went down uh, which i think a compliance buyout it's more complicated than i'm going to explain it but it's basically a buyout except for where there is uh nothing against the cap uh you just you pay out you pay out the remainder of that player's contract uh of course but there is no cap penalty like there would be for a regular buyout. So you let every team do uh, a certain number of those over the next uh, one or two seasons. Uh, you might remember the Canadians actually sat Scott Gomez out the entire lockout shortened season to make sure he didn't get injured so that they could use their compliance buyout on him at the end of the season. So I see a similar thing like that happening if the NHL does end up having a lower salary cap next season. If it drops all the way down to 75, 
then you probably give more than two compliance buyouts to a team. I don't know exactly what the number would be, maybe three or four, because if teams are have, do have like an $81.5 million payroll this year, then it's just it's not realistic to expect them to be able to to walk that back six and a half million dollars in the span of one offseason. Yeah, absolutely. Especially these cap strap teams around about six million dollars. That's that's like that's that's a huge number. Uh, and another thing, right, that that is cap related, right? Because the 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 amount of the amount the players are paid is directly tied to the revenue. I think we're gonna see a a very large escrow for the players and that's that's not this will just highlight because the number one issue for these players in this next collective bargaining agreement will be the escrow and i think we'll see the escrow jump i think it's inevitable right because the revenues do go down and the salary cap is right now 80 million dollars and so i think when it comes to the labor our labor uh discussions that surround the cba the upcoming cba I think the the players will really feel the escrow this season because it's going to jump and it's just going to become that much more of a sticking point for them. Yeah, one thing I, I find kind of interesting with this whole thing is how TSN and Sportsnet are now uh, filling airtime. Uh, yesterday on, on TSN, they replayed the Canada-Russia gold medal game from the World Juniors from this season. Uh, so that, that was fun. I watched the third period of that, relive some nice memories. And on Sportsnet, Last night, instead of their usual hockey night in Canada, they replayed Austin Matthews' debut, in which, of course, he scored four goals in one game back in October 2016. So a lot of people were reliving that that memory. And on, on TVA, they actually played game six between the Canadians and the Senators from 2015, which actually was the, the last time Montreal won a playoff series at all which uh, doesn't sound so nice to say out loud. But uh, it was kind of fun. I watched it for a little while, reliving, of course, Pacioretty, Zuban, Markov, Plukanitz. Kind of fun. Yeah, I think what these television networks are doing directly reflects what we're doing. I mean, I follow sports with a lot of my time, let me tell you. And it's very weird not to have any sort of big news come out minute after minute on any of these sports because they're all like shut down. Nothing's coming out. And so, look, these, these these networks are trying to fill their time. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my time because there's no more hockey to watch. There's no more baseball, spring training. There's no more basketball at all to watch because that's canceled too. And so how are you dealing uh, with this mass exodus of sports? I'm actually, I'm very, very glad you asked because I was just about to bring something up. I feel as though lots of people around especially North America are now browsing YouTube looking for sports clips to to fill up their free time and YouTube uh, consequently has been recommending some more obscure sports to to sports fans such as myself and yesterday I happened to stumble across a, a video called called World Chase Tag which actually it's it sounds sounds kind of stupid and it is stupid but let me tell you so basically <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the kind of the tag world championships and i, I watched a, a ton of videos from it the games are very short they're about 10 minutes long and how it works is you have two teams of i think four or five and you're in this this little square kind of parkour obstacle course sort of thing and you have one player from each team go up against each other and basically one of them is chasing the other and 
they have 20 seconds to tag the other player. And if they do so, then nobody gets a point. But if the other player manages to evade them, then that player gets the point. And there are 16 rounds of, uh, of the teams trying to sending up a player each in a particular order and trying to chase each other. And whoever has more points at the end of 16 rounds is the winner. I watched this for an hour. It was, it was fantastic. So I de- definitely recommend it to any sports-deprived people out there. Wow, we're really starving for sports out here. I've personally watched, you know, over the course of my lifetime, I've seen a bunch of highlights from Chase Tag. It's always exciting. And so now that you recommend it in these in these great struggling times, I will go check it out on YouTube. And uh, so, yeah, it just seems like all the sports are closed. Nothing really to watch. I see myself on YouTube. Now I'm watching a bunch of meaningless crap that shows up on my timeline. I see myself reading a lot of Twitter, reading a lot of hockey writers who right now have really nothing to write about. They're just kind of airing their frustrations, their daily lives on Twitter. I know the big thing right now that, that's kind of a meme is that professional bowling seems to be a sport that still is going on. So if anybody is interested in that, uh, if you find yourself really bored, you could check that out. And so, you know, we're all just trying to kill our time right now because I think if you listen to this podcast and both of us here, we're big sports fans. And to see it all taken away, rightfully i might mention because it is the right move to stop all of these sports it's just uh it's 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 a big change in our lives i know that uh we here in quebec are all the schools have closed so both of us are on break for the next couple of weeks and so that just kind of amplifies uh what the, the the amount of time we have to kill and so it's just it's, it's a weird time and it's I mean, it's unprecedented for both of us. It's unprecedented for a lot of people. I don't know if this has ever happened in terms of just the sports world. Just at the same time, it just all kind of shuts down. And so uh, it's definitely a weird time. And if you find yourself watching Chase Tag, Tag Chase, if you want to find yourself watching professional bowling, just know that, you know, you're not alone. We're all freaking watching random sports at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think this is the first time since 9-11 that, we are having days without any of the four major North American sports because when you think about it, in a normal year, all year round, you have at least one of those sports going on in uh, games from some degree. Even on Christmas, you have basketball. You know, uh, Sunday every Sunday you have an NFL game. NHL pretty much all year from October to to June you have a game. Well. At the end of the season and the playoffs, it's kind of scattered out. So you always have something going on over the summer. Obviously, there's baseball every day. So this is, yes, as you said, very unprecedented. I've also been actually making quite good use of Disney Plus lately without any sports to watch. Uh, my, my go-to as of late has been Phineas and Ferb. I don't know if you watched that show very much as a child, but it was it's always been one of my favorites. No, I haven't actually. I never checked it out. I was just wondering what part of my uh, – t- childhood television rotation uh, so to speak and so no I maybe i'll check it out i also have lots of time to kill unfortunately i don't have access to disney plus but i do have access to netflix so as a lot of people have been doing if you have any netflix suggestions anything that you find particularly awesome to watch send them our way because just like all of you trying to kill some time here whether it's through sports whether it's through different netflix things i know i'm watching like different whatever movies i have right now that i people are telling me to watch in the past and I put them down in my phone somewhere. If I dig them up, I'll actually watch them. I know I watched Parasite, uh, which was highly touted. And let me tell you, it didn't disappoint. It's a fantastic movie. If you haven't checked it out, if any of you haven't checked it out, it's well worth the time. Let me tell you, it's in, it's in, it's in Korean. 
but if you get a version with the subtitles, it's fantastic nonetheless. And so, yeah, just a little movie recommendation for all of you out there. Yeah, I don't know about you, but but I still have schoolwork to do during this this two week unexpected break. We 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 still have some assignments that we're gonna have to to submit online. Yeah, me too. But uh, I, even then, I'm still find myself procrastinating even though this massive break. I know I have. 15 different things that I do today, actually. I have to do uh, gym homework, math homework. I have to write a paper for humanities. I don't know. But nonetheless, still send those recommendations because if I find an excuse to not do my homework, you already know I'm taking it. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's that. Yeah, this actually didn't didn't Shakespeare, I think I saw, not sure if it's 100% true. He might have written Macbeth and King Lear during a, during a, a plague-inspired quarantine. I think Isaac Newton discovered some something super important during a quarantine so lots of people throughout history have been very productive during during quarantines if that's any inspiration for many of for any of you out there well okay well that's good to know hopefully something will come down while i'm you know after 15 hours of youtube maybe something will click in my head and uh we'll, we'll make a massive discovery who knows in these crazy times of quarantine, unprecedented. I don't know if we'll ever see this in our lifetimes. Who knows? But uh, I think that can wrap it up. That can wrap it up for COVID-19 talk, uh, a once-in-a-lifetime segment probably because it's just it's crazy out here. And so I know that you prepared for us here today uh, a quiz, and uh, maybe you want to present it right now. Yeah, so, so today's episode will be shorter than recent ones because, well, you know, no hockey to, to discuss. But I did prepare uh, a little bit of trivia that's kind of similar to what I gave to you last week in terms of the format. Um, as many of you know, the last NHL game that was played at this point was at, uh, I believe, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time on uh, whatever the Wednesday night, Wednesday the 11th, between the Ottawa Senators and the L.A. Kings. So uh, in this game, of course, each team dressed 18 skaters and played one goaltender for a total of 38 players. So I've decided if you can name 16 out of the 38 players who played in this game, then, then you win this quiz. A 16 out of 38 of the Senators and Kings who dressed for this game, which I believe is a passing grade of 42%. So, so it sounds like a low bar. But uh, lots of players that I don't think will be on the tip of your tongue. So so get started wow. whenever you like. Okay, so first of all, shout out to the NHL for ending on such a high note in terms of caliber of game. Uh, I mean, like, look, Senators and Kings, two dog shit teams. So let's get going. Two of those, two of the basement teams. And so I, I, Actually, I think you, you rightfully settled. Yep. Uh, if anyone who, who cares, the LA Kings uh, won this game. Three to two. Just thought that was worthy of mentioning since we'll be spending time discussing this game. LA won three to two, and they're actually riding a seven-game winning streak into this into this hiatus. Wow! So maybe we should award. Uh, who knows? Maybe they'll award the Stanley Cup to the Kings for having you know the best stretch right before they break. But we'll we'll figure it out. Anyways, let's get going. So let me just start on the Senators side of things because I probably more familiar with the Senators than I am with the Kings, just because I hate the Senators so much. So uh, let's go. We have Brady Kachuk. Yes. Bobby Ryan. Yes. On the goaltend, was it Craig Anderson that was playing? Yes, Craig Anderson was playing. That is three out of 16. Okay, we're moving. We're moving here. Uh, Thomas Shabbat. Thomas obviously, Shabbat. that's a stud. 
Mike Riley, noted former Canadian. Was he playing? Uh-huh. Yes, he was. Okay. Let's go. Five. Let's go. Let me think. Let me think. This freaking team. Oh, my God. There. Okay. So, uh, I, I shoot. It's just this team sucks so hard. They have nobody of note. I mean. Yeah, I think um, he might be struggling. Jo- wow. I, I mean, I, I almost said Jean-Gabriel Peugeot right there. I mean, like, <laughs> that's, that's how you know it's really going bad. And nope. so let's see the Senators. Who is any? Is Mark Borowiecki? Is he being? Is he playing? Uh he is injured. He was not playing in this game. Unfortunate, unfortunate. Apologies. So I'm at five right now. Four or five? Yeah, you you're at five. Five. Okay. We've, let we've me think. Mike Riley, Ooh. Brady Kachuk, Bobby Ryan, Craig Anderson, and Thomas Shabbat. Okay. So let's see. I know they have a bunch of former Leafs. So Ron Hainsey. Yes, Ron Hainsey. All right, here we go. Here we go. Nikita Zaitsev. Nikita Zaitsev. Yes. Uh, let's go. Thank you very much for the Leafs. You're making this quiz quite. You give me a solid boost over here. Uh, I know Carter Brown made a move to the to the Senators earlier this year. Carter Brown, you were halfway there. Let's Eight on sixteen. Go. All right. Eight on sixteen. We're already halfway there. Um. Whoa, living on a prayer. And uh, so, let's see. Uh, son of a... Okay, right, let's move to the Kings. What the hell? Um, so, okay. Johnny Quick. That's number one. Jonathan Quick, uh, Jonathan Quick I, was I, not playing in this game. Son of a bitch! Okay. Um, who's their backup? Is it Ryan Miller? No, that's the Ducks. Uh, Jonathan Bernier? No, that's he's with the Red Wings. Their backup was Jack Campbell before they traded him, and now their their former third stringer is their backup now. Not sure if you've ever heard of this player. Um, yeesh! Wow, I'm not even gonna get the goalie on this freaking team, am I? Now that's unfortunate. All right, so I guess we'll we'll just kind of move on. I know I I maybe actually I might be pretty good at the Kings, given that they're just a bunch of old people that won the cup and they just kind of stayed there, and so. Let's see. I know Anze Kopitar. Was yeah. He was playing, I assume. Yes. All right. Uh, Drew Doughty was he? Is he healthy right now? Yes, he is healthy. That's you're not ten on sixteen. Okay. Okay. Ten on sixteen. Woo! Dustin Brown. Dustin Brown. Eleven on sixteen. Okay. Okay. We're getting there. Uh, Jeff Carter. Jeff is Carter he, was is injured. He still on the Kings. He still is on the Kings, ah, but he was okay. injured, but not playing. All right, I'm down. I really need to to start studying on these freaking NHL rosters that that belong in the basement uh, because I'm really drawing blanks here. Um, so let's 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 move back to that Ottawa Senators team because I know they have a bunch of no name defensemen. Maybe one of them will come back to me, and now I'm getting nothing right now. Um, so the Senators. You've already you've forward. already named. Four. You've already named four of the Senators' defensemen. You named Shabbat, Zaitsev, Hainsey, Riley. And, yeah, so you're missing two defensemen right now. And to be honest, I, I wouldn't suggest you rack your brains so much on them. I, I don't expect that they're going to come to oh, okay. be coming to mind anytime soon. All right, all right we'll move on to the fours then. Uh, so can you name me the fours that I've already named? Uh, you have named Brady Kachuk, Bobby Ryan, Connor Brown. Uh, yeah, just those three. Damn, I got all the easy ones. Okay, how typical. Now, uh, 
Let's see who's on the Senators. It's just they're, they're they're just it's an NHL team. They're so bad. What the hell? This is this is practically unfair. You're telling me <laughs> you're telling me to you're telling me to freaking list a bunch of NHL players. Uh, let's see who the hell uh, is Anthony Duclair. Is he Anthony still? Anthony Duclair. I don't think he got yep. traded. Okay. No, he's still all there. right. That's all good. right. That's good. That's good. All right. I need four more. Um, yeah. Who's on this dog shit Senators team? Uh, this is the, I just, I will take, um, hmm, hmm, uh, whew, this, this, this quiz is harder than I thought it'd be, not gonna lie, when you said 16, I was like, I'm gonna breeze through this, but, uh, here we are, stuck, uh, I blame the third string goalie of the LA Kings right now for kind of throwing off my game, and, uh, okay, so the Kings, ah, uh, the Senators, Colin White, is Colin he, White. is he yes. on the- on the set, let's 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 freaking go. Let's freaking go. Uh, so what is that? Twelve, thirteen? That's the, that's thirteen. You need you need three more players. Oh, oh, oh. it's where we're getting there. All right, let's 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 move to the Kings now because I think I've I've drained that Senator squad for all of their NHL talent. And so uh, let's let's think. So okay, so I named all the old guys. I think I don't think I know. I know Alec Martinez got traded. Uh, he have noted 2014 game-winning goal. Scorer? Um, okay, okay, okay. Who's so, on that Kings team? Who? Uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I didn't name anybody. How about Adrian oh, Kempe? Okay. Is he still on the Kings? Adrian Kempe, yes. Way to go. That's All right, go. two more That's players. Two go. more players. We're soldiering on. We're soldiering on in this great time. Um, so, Sayers, whoo, come on. Somebody, somebody. I, am I missing anybody outrageously obvious? You are not missing anybody outrageously obvious. You are not missing anybody that has any sort of degree of obvious. Oh, well, that's, that's good. So, now I really got to dig deep. Yep. Okay. Now we really got to freaking dig deep, don't we? It's like, it's it's... Okay, so so these senators, okay, let's let's try to think of their prospects because they're both young teams at this point. They're trying to rebuild. Um, Eric Brent, they didn't call up Eric Branson today. I would have probably heard of no. that. No, they did not. Okay, he was not playing. No, they didn't. Okay, uh, other people, the Kings. Who the hell is on the Kings? Uh, Frick, who have they picked? It's like, um, no, um. Didn't they pick a center the other year? I don't know. Ah, whatever. Um, yeah, no, they're they're recent. All... They're relatively recent first round pick, who they called up recently was playing in this game, scored a goal and an assist. Ooh. Oh, so I'm missing a key contributor to this team at this point. That's that's okay. So who the hell did the Kings pick? Um, you want to give me the year of the draft pick? Uh, 2017. Oh, 2017. I recall trying to memorize that draft at one point in time. Uh, <laughs> let's see. The Kings. The Kings. Who the hell did the Kings draft that year? Was it Velarde? Gabe Velarde. Let's go! 15! Uh, okay, one more to go. Gabe Velarde. Straight out of my ass. Thanks for the hint. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm surprised I got that one at all. All right. Uh, okay. All right. So we need one more. Who is it going to be? Who is it going to be? Uh, either the Kings or the Sands. Okay, who is their goalie? Who the frick is the Kings goalie at this point? I mean, okay, so it wasn't Jack Campbell. He got traded. 
And it wasn't Jonathan Quick, apparently. If it was Jonathan Quick, I'd be done this freaking segment. Um, let's see. Okay, so, okay. All right, all right. As a fantasy player, I've definitely seen this guy's name pop up on the transaction list or something. Uh, it's, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue. Tip of the tongue phenomenon right now. Are you sure? I'm, I am absolutely sure that I've heard this King's third string goalie before. Because I remember, I was like, because when Jack Campbell left, I was, they, they mentioned this guy, and I was like, okay, that's, that's interesting. I'll store that for the, when, when he asks me on the quiz on the podcast. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I don't, yeah, okay, maybe it's time to give up on that one. Maybe on the Senators, maybe on the Senators. Who's see? Let's see. So there's nobody obvious on the Senators. Uh, I mean, I know they've got a bunch of old guys. Who's been on the Senators forever? You said Borowiecki wasn't playing. Correct. Uh, Would you like a hint think. about one of these these Senators players? Give me a second. I feel like I'm about to. Okay, so let me think of any Senators okay. news that has occurred over the last little while. Uh, anything that has happened this season. So I mean, as we we said last week, they've had a very quiet season in terms of they just had a silent rebuild. So nothing really coming to mind. Um, there's like, oh, frick, what was his name? The, the, guy, who, uh, the guy who Austin Matthews, he, he jersey-checked him, remember? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Was, was he playing? <laughs> was yep. he playing? Uh, yeah. Oh, he was. Okay, all right. All right, we're on to something here. We're on to something. We're on to number 16. Uh, okay, all right, all right, all right. Okay, so this guy, fucking Sabarin. That was his name. Yeah. Guys, we're going to go. 16 randos off the street from the Senators and the Kings. All right. What was his first name? Scott? Was it Scott Sabarin? Scott, yeah, Scott Sabarin. We did it. We did it. I think time of COVID-19. I managed to pull this out of my ass. We did it. I think it's very fitting that the last player you named was the guy who's known for being a scrub. Perfect. Perfect. He's, 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 he's at the top of the scrub pyramid right now. Uh, absolutely right. Uh, the only, I mean, look, I, I didn't know him because of anything good he did. I did it because he was so scrub that Matthews freaking pranked him by going to check his jersey and everybody was laughing at his ass. And so, yeah, all right. Scotty Sabarin, thank you very much. Very much all appreciated. Right. Uh, all right, that's, that's good. Yeah, so if you're, if you're curious, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know all the other players who are taking part in this game. For the Senators, uh, Nicholas Paul. Rudolph Balsers, Andreas Angland, Matthew Pekka, Chris Tierney, Jace Horaluk, Christian Wolanin, and Mikel Bodker. For the LA Kings, we have Matt Roy, Michael Amadio, Trevor Moore, Ben Hutton, Alex Ayafalo, Trevor Lewis, Sean Walker, Martin Furk, Mikey Anderson, Blake Lozati, Austin Wagner, Curtis McDermott, Nikolai Prokhorkin, and their goalie is Cal Peterson. Cal Peterson. I totally heard of that name. All right. I have it. All right. Uh, Cal Peterson. All right. So, uh, I mean, shame on me for not getting Matthew Pekka, first of all. Uh, absolutely disgraceful. I mean, we just traded him away to Ottawa. How did I not remember that? Um, that was going to be okay. my hint to you. That was going to be my hint to you. Recent former Canadian. God damn it. Well, anyways, either way, I got him. And uh, also Rudolph Balser. I don't, I don't know why I forgot Rudolph Balser. Absolutely remarkable name that that guy has. Uh, so, uh, you know, but we hit the threshold, 16 out of, I don't know how many and, uh, 48. 42%. That's a passing grade for me. That's, that's good enough in these trying times without any school. And so I think those standards go away. Uh, so yeah, solid quiz. Very much appreciated. 
Uh, made me think for a while there because, you know, a bunch of scrubs. Uh, so that wraps up this, this, this quiz segment. One last bit of news that came out this morning right before we started taping. I just wanted to shout it out because it is any sort of sports news. It isn't hockey-related, unfortunately, but the NFL Players Association has announced that it has ratified the new CBA. The players voted in favor, 51%, so very close. But uh, that's good news for me as a football fan. This is a 10-year CBA. kicks off this year. It replaces the old one. And so 10 more years without an NFL lockout. I'm happy about that. It's any sort of sports news at this point. And so thank you very much. And so I think unless you have anything else to say, we can wrap this one up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we will be wrapping up in a minute. Uh, thinking of possible ways we could fill up the next couple of shows, possibly uh, some sort of episode, maybe where we talk a little about, bit about the upcoming draft, maybe looking ahead to upcoming UFAs. Maybe we could even possibly do that in-depth dive on why the Sabres have been so terrible for the past 10 years that we were thinking about maybe doing in the off-season. Uh, a couple different couple different options we could go with, see what, what's the most interesting. If uh, the listeners have any ideas on how we can uh, fill up episode time in the upcoming weeks or possibly months, then that would be certainly quite welcome. Yeah. And this kind of thing is is what happens in the in the in the dog days of the summer in the NHL, anyways, right? So a bit of practice for the off season, I guess. And uh, yeah, those are a couple of good ideas. We'll look into them, and uh, we'll come back next week stronger than ever, hopefully. And uh, stay stay safe out there. Do your social distancing. Take it seriously because it does work. And even if maybe you're not at risk, other people are. So wash your hands. Be careful. Minimize leaving the house and all that. And uh, stay safe. Uh, And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to this perhaps a bit of a meandering episode. Subscribe on Google Play, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, we love you all. This episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast is sponsored by Sanborn's Boys. This new sports novel by Benji Mellers is available on Amazon. Order your copy of Sanborn's Boys today.